This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. All right, and we're back. Welcome, Bushwick. Can you dig it? Another day on Hearts and Seizures. That's right. Dig the applause button. Vitor, today, I want you to stick with the applause button. No no ironic comic sound effects, okay? No no trombone boners. Today, we're, uh, we're um, lucky to have in, uh, in the studio the punk rock uh, princess of porno, Joanna Angel. And I want, and I want Joanna to be treated with full respect and for any of our other non-porn star guests, and that means no ironic sound effects. Hi, Joanna. Hi, how are you? <laughs> it's good to see you again. <laughs> for those of you not in the know, Joanna Angel is an adult film star. She's a director, producer, most recently an author of the book Night Shift. We're going to talk about that. You are the uh, founder and uh, CE something or other of Burning Angel. <laughs> Angel Empire. You are, um, and, and, you know, a businesswoman um, and an avatar of modern pornography. Uh, Burning Angel really was the first real punk rock porno company and uh, sort of led the emergence of tattooed women in the adult film industry. And you've won numerous awards, which we will get to, <laughs> including um, uh, we've had we've had some Grammy nominees here. We had a few James Beard Award winners. Really, but you were the first person to win the award for um, best solo sex scene. Oh, best solo sex scene, yeah, but this. <laughs> If you can even call it a sex scene. I, I, I mean, I was masturbating. I, I, I can't believe I wasn't even nominated for best solo sex scene because it happens with, with more frequency. Yeah, well, you know, you it's really imagine. political over there. You know, you, you really you got to get in with a different crowd. But Political where? The, uh, no, I, I'm joking. The film that's, awards? That's what people like to say. Well, I, 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 I'm smelling Oscar. I think an Academy Award can't be, can't be too far away. And tonight, but today we're uh, celebrating your new book. My new book, yeah. Night Shift. Thank you. And uh, it's an, it's um. Well, let me let me ask you this. Let's yeah, let's, uh, let's get there's there's your book. It's there's it's a book, book with pages, and you know which is fantastic. It's, it is in, a book with pages in this uh, the modern zeitgeist of pornography. I want I wanted to ask you. Uh, I mean, everything's changed so much since I mean since I got in the porn business. I used to do a lot of magazines, as you know. You know, I worked for Hustler. I, I did Penthouse Letters. I wrote numerous books. This is like pre VHS era. I'm yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like a dinosaur here. But how has it changed? And how do you make money in pornography when everyone assumes that it's free? That's sort of like the, the myth that porn is free. It's on the internet. You don't need to pay for it. How do you function in an industry where they're giving it away? Jeez, you're really starting it off on a depressing note. <laughs> well, I don't, I, 
don't mean to. And I've, I mean, I, I think I know why. Why? Because the free porn, because if it's free, it's therefore worthless by definition. It's not, it's not a high quality product. What you're doing is something above and beyond. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> the competing with free is not an easy task, but, um, but I do it. I don't know. <laughs> I just try to make everything as good as I can possibly make it, and I just make people want to pay for it, you know? I, I, I do everything I possibly can. And now, now you're back to a book, which is like the most old school technology there. Yeah, it'll be. actually be a really interesting <laughs> thing to see. Will people, will people pay for porn or a book? What will sell more or sell less for that matter? Now all I have to do yeah. is write a song. The other <laughs> thing that no one wants to pay for. <laughs> well, you know, um, we, 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 I got some music queued up. We're going to talk about music later because I think music and punk rock are part of the Burning yeah, Angel. Yeah, it's a very important ethos. part of my life. Well, why don't you tell us about like, how, how you started Burning Angel? Oh. Uh, uh, you're a nice Jewish girl from New Jersey, so so we have that in common. Yeah, <laughs> you're a nice Jewish girl from New Jersey That's too. Me. And neither of us have had sex with Donald Trump, as far as I know. No, I I don't think I'm his type. You know, <laughs> he's not like, my he's type. He clearly has a type, and, and he's not my type. Jewish girls are a not his type. <laughs> B. Well, I don't know. Brunettes. He, he digs he's not his into daughter. Brunettes. He digs his daughter sort of like faux Jewish. No, I mean his daughter married a Jew, so maybe I could fuck his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think. I don't think uh, I don't think I'm his type, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess the short version of the story is that in uh, 2002, I was in my last year of college, and um, my roommate and I decided to start a porn site. <laughs> That's the short version and of the story. And that became Burning Angel. And that, that, that was BurningAngel.com. But it was definitely it still is. But it was definitely alternate pornography at the time. Yeah. Well, the the beauty of it that I did not know it was all, I didn't really I didn't know anything about porn. I didn't know anyone in porn. I didn't um, have any friends in the industry. I didn't know how porn worked at all. So after Burning Angel first launched, everyone was like, "Oh my god, these are like punk chicks in porn. This is like revolutionary." And I'm like, "Oh, I." was going to make a porn site, so I just used the people around me, and those were the people <laughs> around me. So I didn't really even understand in the beginning that I was like and the trying to do something and different. The My innocence was bliss, you know? <laughs> and the people around you were game to do, do porno? Um, the, when Burning Angel first launched in 2002, uh, they, we only did photos, which is mm -hmm. so crazy. And even then, people were so shocked and so floored by it. And all it was was a bunch of pictures Naked pictures, which is crazy to think that that was shocking. But coming from the magazine industry, I'm sure you understand that. Well, um, it's crazy. I mean, I'm a bit of a nerd to it because I work in this sort of, you know, candy store for men where there's pictures of naked ladies everywhere. And you sort of, you know, sort of, um, I don't know, it came very, very normal. You know? No, no, no. It but the public it. was shocked by photos of, oh, yeah. of naked photos of tattooed punk girls. And, like, it's just crazy now because you see naked photos of, well, of everyone on like Tumblr and Twitter every day, you know, like a, a videos are well, I think are practically worthless, but but photos are definitely worth, you know. So to think that at the time we only had photos and people paid for them and and were shocked and offended by it is really crazy to think of. And that was in two thousand two, um, which kind of makes me feel like a dinosaur thinking about <laughs> it now. Um, we didn't really start adding video to Burning Angel until two thousand five. But yeah, I guess I had a bunch of 
friends that were willing to try it. <laughs> uh, pornography has always been a, a loaded word, though. People are always shocked. My parents were kind of like pornography, um, which, which, by the way, men's magazines at the time were considered adult sophisticates. That, oh, that's pretty that, cool. That was like the that actual word. category of magazines. Hustler and um, High Society, Sherry, all these magazines I worked for were considered adult sophisticates because, you know, nothing's more sophisticated than an adult with his pants around his knees and his ding-dong in his hand. Um, See that that would have been the moment for the funny sound effect, Vitor. But sorry, I eighty six that. Listen, so here's <laughs> uh, pornography being the loaded word. But now all of a sudden we have this like fifty shades of nonsense phenomenon going on. So where does pornography end? Or I should say, where does erotica end and pornography begin? I think that if you, um, well, erotica and pornography are similar. They really are. I mean, erotica Absolutely. is porn in a book. Um, I mean, when I first. I think that something that separates like an artistic nude film from a porn is like if you make a porn and somebody cannot jerk off to it, I don't care how amazing your porn is, you failed, you know? <laughs> I think when you make like an artistic nude, whatever, or there's a movie that has a few seconds of sex in it, people are like, there's porn in this TV show, there's porn in the TV show Girls and this and that, but it's like people don't make that with mm. the intent for people to jerk off. Like you might get like a boner or something, but the intent is not to make somebody have an orgasm. Erotica is written with the intent to make somebody have an orgasm. I mean, I remember when I first wrote the book, I didn't understand that because I don't read very much erotica. And the publisher, when I submitted my first chapter, they were like, dirtier, dirtier, more descriptions, more sex, more sex. It was very strange to have people behind a desk wearing like <laughs> floral skirts and glasses, like telling me to be filthier. And I'm the porn star, you know? Then I was like, why do you want it to be so dirty? Like, it's, it's a book. And they're like, oh, but it's erotica and, and we want like the, the readers to jerk off to it, you know, to, to masturbate, whatever word they, whatever proper word they yeah, use. Yeah, but the honesty so, is, is key. Know, know thy audience. It's very, very Right. Um, I don't think Fifty Shades of Grey was written with that intent. I, I, I think it did happen. Do you know what I mean? And that's why that book, I, I don't think, was considered erotica when it first came out. It became like erotica by accident. Um, I think I. I'll tell you when I them. when I started writing porn books, Dinosaur Land. Okay, so um, porn books or books, novels, erotica novels. Okay, oh, so it was pornography. Erotica. But well, one one man's so porno. So what do you think is one the man's porno is. Uh, it depends on your level of hypocrisy, basically. I mean, I mean, erotica. There's been erotica, you know, since the beginning of arts, of sculpture, of painting. You know, uh, since I mean, how long after the. The camera was invented. Do you think it took someone to take a picture of a naked girl? I mean, like about one second, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's all, yeah. it's all, it's always been there. Uh, I think it's just a matter of your expectations. I agree. The definition of pornography is designed strictly for your prurient interest. It yeah, and look, other things to... can happen before you jerk off. After you jerk off, you can laugh, you yeah, can yeah. cry, you can smile. But if at some point you want people to jerk off, yeah, a little that is what a little I think. I can dig it. That's what I think. <laughs> you know, porn and erotica is. But with my porn, I've always. It's always been very important to me when I write porn with a storyline. I don't want anyone fast-forwarding through the storyline. I want people to watch it. I want people to be entertained by it the same way they are with a movie. Then they just got to switch gears a little <laughs> bit and be like, all right, now it's time to do well, that, that, that's, that's very, very yeah. old school. And I tried to do that with my book, too. You know, like just like I, I all the story around the sex is very special to me. Um, and I hope people are entertained by it. Okay, I tell you what, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to Joanna Angel some more about her book, Night Shift, which has... Um, uh, alternate endings, right? You can sort of choose your own. Yeah, erotic. alternate beginnings, alternate endings. I can, I can choose my own happy ending. But yeah. um, I was thinking about porn and, and music and um, what you all do at Burning Angel and um, 
I don't. I don't watch a lot. A lot of pornography. Honestly, I find I find it kind of boring, largely. Um, but I, I do have a, a soft spot for some like seventies classics. Um, okay. A lot but, of people say that, and they don't realize and I don't there's refer, a lot of modern stuff that, to, that is just I, as I, I good. I came out wrong that, because you know. I, I'm not. You know. The stuff you're producing is, is wonderful, but Thank I sort you. of like I've been th- through this thing, and I, I've listened. I'm not going to deny watching pornography. Of course I do, but it, but it's limited. I, I keep it sort of in its uh, right. cat place in, in my life. Unlike you know, I was watching you know Chris Rock's recent special where he talks very openly about being addicted to pornography. Something we'll also talk about. But um, did he talk about that? Yeah, apparently. I mean, he was very addicted to porn to the point where he wasn't. Um, you know, fucking his wife, and uh, I mean, he was locked in the room watch, watching it on a, you know, on a computer. And it's I hope some ver- of it was it's, mine. It's, it's da- <laughs> and um, it's, it's let me enable you, Chris Rock. It's, I think the addiction is damaging. Nonetheless, I'm listen. I'm a pro porn feminist, so and I think everyone in this room is. But I did want to go back and play one of my favorites. This is the theme song to the movie Candy Stripers from 1978. Back when they used to really know how to write a song for a porn movie. You're listening to Arts and Seizures. We'll be right back with punk rock porn princess Joanna Angel. Super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. And we're back. Can you dig it? Arts and seizures. I'm not sure whether today is more arts or more seizures. <laughs> but we're here with punk rock porn princess Joanna Angel. Good to see you. I think we met um, when we were doing Heed Magazine. Uh, you're looking at me like you don't remember when Heed Magazine. The, yeah, and, I was on uh, the cover I, of I, Heed I remember, Magazine. and I was uh, maybe just on my way out of there. I had some differences with the... Uh, <laughs> the, the then editor, uh, he, but you know, I'd worked on it for a while, and then um, we bumped into you, of course, when I was doing Screw Magazine. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah, you worked at you. You really ran the gamut. Yeah, well, you know, Jews and porn. Jews and uh, porn. That's true. <laughs> um, he Magazine was such a cute magazine. He was great, and you it know, for great. for for a while there, it was great. Um, I 
love uh, Jen Blyer, who's the founding editor. I, I really liked working with her a lot. And then things sort of the landscape over there kind of kind of changed. It happens. Um, it happens. It happens. And I had to get away. Um, I guess I should mention that you did win an award for your movie Jews Love Black Cock. I did. That was. <laughs> Probably my favorite movie I've ever made. Really? Yeah, do, do it actually tell. stresses me out <laughs> because I don't know if I can ever make anything as good as Jews Love Black Cock. Like, I should probably just retire now because whatever <laughs> I do is just never going to be as good as that. But um, I did. I won the award for... I won a few awards for it this year already, at, both at Xbiz and at ABN. It sounds very Dark Brothers, Jews Love Black Cock. It's right in the sort of the Dark Brothers wheelhouse of porn titles, the, you know, who brought us new wave hookers. and yeah. Yeah, Why does it sound like? Well, because um, it's, it's outrageous. No, because no, it's a thoroughly <laughs> outrageous title. Yeah, that's all. And you know, I don't know what we are allowed to say anymore. I don't, frankly, I don't give a fuck. But things are so PC these days. When you come out with something like that, I mean, you're sure. I mean, there's going to be a lot of clutching of pearls, and you know, and, you know, and blushing, and you know, and denial when people hear these things. But I, I am a Jew, and um, I think that it's okay for me to say that Jews love black cock. I don't think there's anything offensive. You know about what else it. Jews love? They when love people do say that. Mm. Oh wow, I can't believe you made that. Like, like it's so shocking. I'm like, what's shocking about it? Well, like, I'll tell you you're the racist one if you think it's shocking. That's right. I know, I'll, tell you, I'll, tell you, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, because, you know, as a white guy, uh, you know, who grew up in like a nice Jewish suburbia, I was always taught to fear the black man's cock because it was like 19 times the size of mine and I could not possibly compete with it. And in fact, if you ever look at an old copy of Hustler magazine, every sort of cartoon and comic that was in there sort of was based on that premise and now of course everybody would look at it and say oh my god you guys were you know it's so, so racist but um you know what Al Goldstein ta always taught me what Larry Flint always taught me is if it's funny you can do anything it's true if it's funny you can do anything but I, I love the movie um, it's really funny I, it's like uh, I've showed it to so many different people and no <laughs> one no one is able to watch the trailer without laughing um, my name in the movie was Joanna Angelstein, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a movie that's very special to me. Uh, I'm putting it on my short list, okay? Maybe, maybe it will bring me back into the fold where I start watching I porn pornography I, I again. challenge you to put that movie on and see if you don't want to watch the whole thing. It's a very <laughs> good movie. Okay, I'm going to accept that challenge. Uh, but we're talking, though, about porn addiction, though, a little bit. Um, you know, and it is free, and people have instant access. I can't even imagine, you know, when I was a kid, I had to, like, steal penthouses from my father, who, you know, just the idea that my father would have such, you know, contraband you know, in the house was mind-boggling to look at a picture of a naked lady. Now, of course, anybody can just, you know, push a button on, on their phone, you know, and, and watch, like, the most unimaginable filth of all, all time. Um, I feel like some of the wonder has been taken out of it. It makes, it makes me a little sad. It's a different time. I mean, it's the same thing with music. It's the same way with TV shows and movies, you know? Like, we live in a different era where everybody wants everything immediately, you know? Um, there's also... 10,000 more porn stars than there used to be. There used to be like eight porn stars. Well, to be a porn star. And if you star. were jerking, you just had to jerk off to one of eight of them. And, or, <laughs> and that's it. You know, now there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people in porn. Um, so, yeah, of course, some of the mystique has gone away. Porn star, um, there is still a lot of bit of mystique. You, you know, I told people I'm having a porn star on the radio, and everybody's sort of lit up, like right. more, more so than rock star or famous writer. Yeah. You know, no, every, every, there's very much intrigue and mystique about, yeah. about what you do. It's, so it's still there. You know, it's different than it used to be, but... Um, 
But look, you got to adapt with the times, you know. You and and you live a very uh, normal life from what, from what I understand. You're happily married still. <laughs> yeah, I'm happily married. You know, nice again, nice Jewish girl from uh, New Jersey, Rutgers, where Tony Soprano went also. Yep, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> May um, he rest in peace. <laughs> so I, I wanted to, um, this half hour is flying by like it does. Um, I want to talk about the Me Too movement a little bit. People, I think, would be shocked to find out that in such a sexually charged environment, people could still go too far. And I hope that, you know, that there's a positive porn take on the Me Too movement is all I'm trying to say. I don't think we need a Me Too movement in porn. Okay. I just don't, you know? Like, uh, um, I think that we're very lucky that uh, we can have sex in a controlled environment, you know, where we can discuss everything ahead of time and everything is sort of planned out. Um, Also... There can't be a Harvey Weinstein in the porn industry because porn is comprised of lots and lots and lots of different companies. There's no one person mm-hmm. that can make or break your porn career. I'd like to think I'm relatively important in porn, but, but I can't make but, but someone's you, career. I can give them a couple. But you're a business. You're, you run your own shop, which yeah. is important. You're an empowered woman. Uh, thank you. But I, but there's not like Harvey Weinstein. There was such a monopoly that you had this one person that if he. If he liked you, you could have an you could have an entire career, and if he didn't, you could be blacklisted from all of Hollywood. From what mm-hmm. I understand, I'm not in Hollywood. Porn is not like that, you know. If you don't like one person, if you feel uncomfortable around one person, and you're a performer, you just don't have to work for that person, and you're going to have so many other people to work for, you know. So I think that women are given a lot more of a choice in porn and a voice in porn than than they have in other industries, and things are like out on the table. People don't have to act. Um, people don't have to trick people into having sex with them because we're all going to have sex mm-hmm. with each other anyway. I worry. I'm a Jew. Of course I worry You know about backstage and stuff because I think about the days when I was working at the magazines, the porn magazines, anything we would have done in this climate would have been like harassing. Had you just walked into my office, which was, you know, there was pornography in every nook and cranny of that office. Yeah, but that and people was your so, job. I, it was know? my job, of course it was. And I, I, I worry that I read these things in the, in the Me Too era and, and post-Harvey Weinstein era, and especially with young women, it's millennials. True. There's probably a lot of things that... You, you know, know you, you, that men got away with back then. It's not about getting get away. away. I now, mean, I like to think know. that I've always been a mensch. Um, I, I'm sure at some time in my life I've been inappropriate, but I've certainly never harassed or, or, or assaulted anybody. But some, at some point, flirting ends and inappropriate begins, and I think that line's gotten very blurry uh, yeah. as well. I'm worried about the youth of today, Joanna. I, well, you I, don't I, have, you know, <laughs> look. Uh, well, I'm not the youth, so I guess you should ask the youth, <laughs> but I'm telling you for the youth... The youth of today is very knowledgeable. As somebody who has, you know, a lot of 19, 20-year-old girls on my porn set, they know way more than us. <laughs> and they are not afraid to speak their minds. I think that's... Um, there's there's some scary things about it, but there's also a lot of good things about it. I mean, I feel like the 19 and 20-year-olds of this generation now are some of the most confident people you'll ever meet, you know, because they just grew up with a lot more knowledge than us. You know? I, I hope so, because my, my experience has, hasn't really been that. I mean, I don't, listen, I don't like to lump one generation all together, you know, uh, you know, to malign hipsters any more than people used to malign hippies or punk rockers or beatniks or, or, yeah. or what have you. Millennials, not all millennials are, you know, entitled losers, but I do find from the younger people that I've met, there, they, there is a kind of a living in fear kind of element that I can't really cross. You know, everything is supposed to be a safe zone, and, you know, life's not a safe Song. 
you know, so, so I, I worry with what, what you do, with what I do, whether the people are exposing to sex or art or anything that's confrontational, the people kind of wilt and, uh, you know, need to cowboy up a little bit just to get through the day. Um, on a happier topic, I want to tell you how good you look as the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, thank this you. This is my favorite. <laughs> and I know you uh, like doing porn parodies, and I think this has been a great, great trend for years. I think this is, this is awesome. I liked you as the Grinch who stole Christmas, right? Yeah, the and Grinch fi- who gaped Christmas. And I figure there's a Jew who stole Christmas or gaped yeah. Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> figures a Jew would be really grumpy what, what, what on else, Christmas. What else is on uh, the slate? What's coming next for you? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do two movies every single month. I'm um, trying to think of Far next. more than Meryl Streep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, just look at burningangel.com. You can always see what we have coming out. Um, and you're on tour for your book. You I am now on tour for my book, so I'm really excited about this. Uh, I know I'm going to be at Blue Stockings. I don't know when. Is, are we live? Yeah, we're, well, we're, oh, live. we're live. This is going to exist as a. I didn't know if this is a pre-recorded oh, this podcast. Is, this is radio, baby. This is it live. Okay, so at Blue Stockings in uh, Manhattan, I'm there on Wednesday. Downtown, the, uh, very liberal, progressive bookstore. Yeah, it's in the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? no, that's right. I think it's okay. on Allen Street, maybe. Somewhere okay. down there. So I'll be there on Wednesday the 21st. I th- believe it starts at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about that. And then I get to go to uh, Baltimore, and I'll be at Atomic Books, the uh, legendary Atomic John Waters Books is great. bookstore. Uh, yeah. Perhaps and Mr. I will Waters be there. will show up, I bet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's the last stop on my tour um, uh, on the 24th. That's Sunday, right? Is that well. Sunday or Saturday? He's a legend. He's a legend. He's a le- we'll tell you what, we'll post it all. This, is, this will be available as a podcast later. It will be okay. up forever and ever, and we'll post the dates. Um, and John Waters is a legendary fan of pornography. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I don't know if he'll show up, but um, um. he's not required to. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> okay. Good. So, um, yeah, well, I'm really excited to be promoting my book. Like, I, I've been into writing ever since I was younger. Um, it is what I went to school for, so... I'm glad it came back around after a that, little bit of a detour in life. No, I think that's great. It's called that's a great. Night Shift. Everybody, hey, you can buy it on Amazon. Night Shift. And tell us just a little bit more about the book so so there's, so there's I can choose my happy ending. You can choose. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a story about a girl that works at a porn store. Um, and then it's just you can pick and choose which people who come into the store you want to you wanna follow. You know? You want to... Um, you want to ch- see what adventures they go well, on. At Arts and Seizures, we're big believers in books. I mean, bo- oh, good. Uh, are you kidding? Let me tell you something. A book adds gravitas to everything you do. Because books are hard. Books are yeah. hard to write, you know? Uh, books are, yeah. I, I mean, it's like having homework every day for like a year. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. You've written books? I've written, uh, depending on how many, how you're counting, either like 39 or 4. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I started out writing those porn novels. Um, uh, his Black Boyfriend, that was my first gay porno. That was Ooh, good. That was a that sort of a, That was a spoof on Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Really? In the first WrestleMania, His Black Boyfriend. Um, well, when I had to write, this, so was, this was in the pre, I said VHS porn tapes probably cost like $100 each. Yeah. And I paperback know. books were sort of how pornography was delivered on 42nd Street at the time. And I got this job. I had just dropped out of film school. And uh, I got this gig writing porn novels. They were like 45000 words each wrote a book a week the first one I wrote was called Cindy, what? was called Cindy's Brutal Ordeal a book a week and cranked it out they used to say we don't mind good writing as long as it doesn't slow you down 
Wow. And I ended up writing about 20, 28 books before I kind of really burned out completely. Holy shit. Angela, Class Virgin, that was mine. Rich Man Sex Toys, ditto. Um, I, like I said, we wrote everything. S&M books. I wrote a book called um, Her Nelly Husband, one of my favorites. A cross-dressing wow. book. We did a... Uh, uh, Gay porn. I wrote tons of gay porn. So and they were just really a, descriptive. Just crank, erotica. Very yeah. I mean a little a little goofier than I would describe erotica. I mean erotica does suggest Ovid. You yeah. Know? Um, or something maybe a little bit more elevated than putting tab A into slot B. Right. I mean, these books are pretty wet and they're pretty fucking filthy. And That's so fun. I didn't even know that was a thing. It, it was a, it was a gas until you know, and then then you know, then VHS sort of came in and there was no reason for it. The magazines still did very well. When I was working for the magazines in the eighties, there really was Almost like a Hollywood studio system of porn stars. At the oh, time. totally. You know, because there were like yeah. eight. There were like eight. I mean, that, I mean, you're talking there was Christy yeah. Canyon, yeah. and there is you know, yeah. you know, a handful of other people, Hyapasha and Ginger yeah. and Amber. Um, and, and, yeah, and they helped sell magazines because they really were. They were stars. Stars. Yeah, they were big stars. They, they, they were stars, and it was it was glamorous. It was glamorous. I caught like the very very tail end <laughs> of it, so I'm glad I got to kind of experience. Some uh, of the glamour. And that was, <laughs> well, uh, you bring glamour to arts and seizures. Thanks again Thank for you. coming by. It's Joanna Angel. Please find her at burningangel.com. Yeah, burningangel.com. If, if you're in New York, come see me at Blue Stockings on uh, Wednesday night, Wednesday the 21st. And, um, and I'm very elsewhere, excited check about it out. It. But you're on tour for a while with the book, right? Yeah, well, I've got a couple dates this week. Then when I, I go back to LA, I have, I have a date in Vegas. I have a date in LA, and then I'm, you know, I'm constantly adding one. So if you're in, if you're a bookstore and you carry my book and you're interested in having me, hit me up on Twitter, just uh, at Joanna Angel, and maybe we can work something it, out. Go see Joanna. She is uh, charming. She is erudite, and uh, I'm glad to see you here. It's you know, one thing I was thinking about before we go. I'm so I, excited to eat this pizza. And we're gonna have some pizza, pizza, punk rock, and pornography. I'm we really have hit. The triple, the triple crown today. Yeah. This is the trifecta of all things good. And um, the other thing I was thinking about days gone by, um, and I was thinking about Screw, and I was thinking about uh, my old friend Al Goldstein, um, and how he used to be on TV all the time, on Manhattan Cable, uh, Community Service Channels. And I was thinking about uh, Robin Bird, and how much mm -hmm. I miss Robin Bird. So I thought we'd go out with, uh, this isn't actually the version of the song that Robin used, Baby Bang My Box. This is a little bit a uh, later version. This one's from 1965. It's the bangers doing Baby Let's Bang Your Box once again. Again, let's hear it for Joanna Angel. Let's hear it for Vitor in the booth, twirling the knobs and showing great soft restraint. Let's hear it for all our friends on Heritage. Pizza Rumble will be back next week for Arts and Seizures. It's Mike Edison, baby. Let me bang your box. What'd you do last night? I went to a party. Tell me what up. Tell me what happened, man. I went to a party the other night. <laughs> Party was getting dead. I saw a piano over the corner. What'd you say, man? What'd you say? This is what I saw.
Listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.